Hello, I'm Gronya Maguire, and this is Chantal Faduchin Pate. Hello. We've bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. And deep down, I still do. Every week, we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the The way they were. Hi, Chantelle. Hi, Grania. How are you? I'm really, really good. This is an exciting episode because we're going on a little trip down romantic memory lane because the episode listeners will be about to hear is actually it's our first, it's our pilot episode. I remember it. Which we recorded way back in the summer of 2021. Feels like, actually, I was going to say it feels like yesterday. It doesn't, it feels like we recorded this about a year ago. (laughs) It feels like fucking 2021. So, so long ago, little babies that we were back then, all innocent. We had no idea. We had no idea what was what was to come. Vaccines, they were just a twinkle in our eye. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and all the other excitement. We didn't even know that we didn't know when we recorded this that Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck were going to True. get back together. Hadn't happened yet. Hadn't happened yet. We made that. We manifested that. So as I said, you're welcome. You're welcome, girls. Welcome Vis- listeners. Vision boards work. Vision boards they work. They do. That's right. <laughs> It's now become a Wiccan podcast. We make things happen. <laughs> so we have the incredible Angela Barnes talking about her the love that she never got over. It's our very first pilot that we did. So things are a little bit different to the way they were that we've all grown to know and love. So this is this is the OG. Some things are slightly different. So instead of asking Angela who she would like sure to get together with. We uh, played about with somebody who's sort of the nearest equivalent in our culture to sure, Hillary Clinton. And then we quickly realized we don't want to get political. Because <laughs> 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 you realize people have opinions about Hillary Clinton and they vary. And some of them aren't positive, but everyone's opinion of Cher is positive. So once we realized that, we knew we were on to a winner with Cher. Whereas Hillary, we might get some, we might get some tweets at us that we don't want to read. So, but it was wise. So she didn't, she didn't, she didn't last. She wasn't long for this podcast, unfortunately. But we suddenly realized there's probably people who know a lot more about Hillary Clinton than we do. Yeah, bad stuff. <laughs> don't want to get into it. If you need to know anything, listeners, I can, I have some podcasts and movies I can recommend and some great conspiracy theories. But let's just say there's a lot going on, a lot of darkness there. <laughs> just gonna leave that. And you don't want people to be ashing you. And the, of course, the worst thing about Hillary Clinton is you don't want emails. That's I really don't want to get to the emails. That's right. So, Grania, is that what you're loving this week? The fact that this is our first ever podcast coming out, the first one we ever recorded. Is that what I you're really, in love with? Just us? I, I am really loving it because this has been such a fun project. And genuinely, it's been just it has been a real joy just doing the podcast and also like thinking about love from the past and people that I forgot were couples and so yeah that's what I'm excited about this week 
Well, thank you for asking. What I'm excited <laughs> about this week is, um, <laughs> is that, as Grania said, this is our first intro recording the week it is coming out. So to everyone on February 11th, hello, because we recorded this February 7th. And actually, what I'm excited about this week, February 11th, is my brother's birthday. And my brother is one of the biggest fans of this show. He's a mechanic in New Jersey. He loves this. So I'm going to say happy birthday to Blaze, my brother, the best brother in the world. Blaze. Oh, my the best God. Thing, best thing about Blaze, Grania, is that um, is that he doesn't mind getting presents from me that cost very little because I'm completely broke because he's a good person. Yeah, he doesn't need money to make himself feel good. So he'd rather have this present. This is actually the best present he could get is a shout out on the podcast. That's better than buying him an actual gift. Right, Blaze? Because you're. You don't care about money, do you, Blaze? Right. So this is this is the present that matters, right? Okay, great, cool. So that's the best thing about my brother. He's not materialistic. Happy birthday, Blaze. <laughs> yeah, like what's that website where people give celebrity shout outs? Cameo. I feel like I'm doing a cameo right you now. You are, yeah. Say say hi to Blaze, Grania. <laughs> hi, Blaze. I've heard it's somebody's birthday. Keep it cool on that New Jersey shore. And I hope you have a bada bing day. <laughs> That was actually better than me. And I've known him for like 40, 40 years. <laughs> you did way better than I did. So this is great. I'm very excited that from now on, we could talk about celebrity um, news happening right now. Unfortunately, this week, the celebrity news happening right now is a bit a bit bleak. It's all Kim and Kanye, which is all a bit tragic at the moment. I, so, um, It's all Kim and Kanye. I mean, I love it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I am very excited about Fox. Julia Fox, Julia Fox, Julia Fox, Julia Fox. Fascinating. Can't she, wait for them to be on this. She's going to be on the way they were within about six months, I imagine. And I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> she strikes me as every single woman I've met who terrifies me. Like mm. she seems so scary. Yeah. But in a fabulous way. Oh, yeah. I I'm so into it. A distance. Totally. Oh, I love it. Absolutely obsessed. But yeah, I wanna, I'll wait for that to become more of a happier time. At the moment, it's a bit bleak with Kim and Kanye. So maybe maybe next week, there'll be some, maybe next week, Julia Fox will be pregnant. Who knows? Uh, it's happening that fast these days. So who knows? I wouldn't pull a pastor. <laughs> I really wouldn't. <laughs> that girl can manifest anything. <laughs> she manifested bags, those Birkin bags for all her friends I know. on her birthday. Oh, the vibe. The she vibe. unfortunately did it. not manifest. She somehow managed to manifest getting one of the greatest makeup artists in the world to put the worst eye makeup on her face. That black <sighs> eye makeup. Who do you want to break up with? Only uh, the eye makeup on Julia Fox. That's it. That's the only thing I want to break up with. Please, women of the world listening, do not copy that. It looks awful. Julia Fox is an objectively beautiful woman. Mm. She can't pull it off. You cannot pull it off either. Just don't even try. It's awful. What about you? Anything you want to break up with? Let me, I'm going to very quickly go on the Daily Mail website. Well, golly, oh this is happening in real time, people. It's happening in real time. <laughs> and I will tell you who I've got feelings about this week. I've been trying to watch all the Oscar films because Oscar is my favorite. It's my favorite season. My favorite. It's my season. favorite season. It's my favorite part. It was my favorite day of the entire year is Oscars Day. Um, big, 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 big day. So the me. nominees are tomorrow. Yeah, I'm. Re- right. I want licorice pizza. I've never rooted for a 15 year old and a 25 year old <laughs> to get together before. <laughs> But that film really made me question many things that uh, many assumptions I had about how what relationships could work out now before. Because famously, I always think 
older women, younger men is the way forward. It will heal our society. It will it heal will. our culture. I agree. So I was really happy that that film. Is your fiance back. younger? Sadly, well, sadly, he's older than I am by about four months. Oh God, this is another reason why this this marriage is doomed. There's so many things. Listeners who don't know, I'm convinced that um, that Grinder's marriage is doomed. <laughs> She's getting married in September, but I'm so concerned. The and thing now is, we have another it's fine, reason. <laughs> it's fine for my first husband to be age appropriate. Good. It's the yeah, second I like that. husband. I it's like my that. second husband. I I'm like hoping. that. Yeah, the second one's one. That, second one's the fun one. Yeah, the third yeah. one's one for the money. Yeah, is that how you do it? Yeah, that's <laughs> a good. cheeky little decade younger. Perfect. That's right for my golden girls years. Okay, so that's who I want to break up with. My future <laughs> husband <laughs> in twenty years time. I'll trade him in for your younger model. Perfect. I like it. I like it. I like how you just skipped past the part where you break up with your husband who you're currently with. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Well, great stuff. I love it. You're breaking up with an imaginary man. I'm breaking up with eye makeup. This is going great. Aren't you guys happy we did this in real time this week? <laughs> it really made a big difference. <laughs> so now let's listen to a podcast recording when we were much less polished. Much younger. Our first ever one. Little pilot babies. Here we are, guys. Enjoy. Our first date. Our first date. The, the way, way they, they were. were. Angela, you brought oh. along a celebrity couple that didn't quite make it, but still matters to you. Before we let Chantel know who the couple is, I want to set the scene because your dream couple got together in this mm-hmm. great summer of 1991. Oh, <laughs> should I try and guess? Mm, okay. Let me think. Give the hints and I'll try and guess. Okay. Well, let me set the scene for the year to guide your journey back to that great summer. It was the summer. America begins Operation Desert Storm. (laughs) Troops are deployed to Iraq. Silence of the Lambs is king of the box office. And the UK are falling in love for the first time with the darling buds of May. But that wasn't the only romance that blossomed that year. Any ideas? So it started in 91, this couple. Yeah. Would I have known about it as a girl age in America? Would I have known about it? In America, maybe not. Maybe oh, is this not. a UK? Are we, you going, are we going UK based? UK. Going UK based. How old were you in 91, if you don't mind me asking? Like, I was I 15 was, in 91, because I'm old. I was, over, I was old enough to know about celebrity couples, shall we say. Okay. <laughs> I was cagey. old enough to know about what was going on. What would happen in 91? Were there any hints in you? Was there anything to do with Catherine Zeta-Jones? Is that why you brought up Darling Buds of May, Grania? Or was I'm that just, just setting totally the scenes. Oh, God. The only English couples I know of that weren't big in America, that were huge here, aren't even English. Or the Australian one is Kylie and Jason. And definitely, that was way before 91, was wasn't before it? before that, yeah. That was like yeah. 87, something like that, yeah. And I feel like Angela's a bit too cool to have gone for that. So I'm afraid I'm out. Oh, no, I've some... got a seven inch of especially for you. There's nothing cool <laughs> happening in this house. Trust me. I'm out. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's happening in the blighty romance scene. So I'm intrigued now. Let's hear it. <laughs> Angela, who was your dream couple? My dream couple were Damon Orban and Justine Frischman. Oh. Now that I do know. Oh, oh there's how I wasn't oh, thinking of my Britpop brain. Uh, you had your pop brain on. I didn't have my Britpop brain on. Of course, <laughs> Justine and Damon. Damon oh, and Justine. For the haircuts alone. Oh, they oh were so pretty. So They really were. So what age were you when, or what was going on in your life when you first sort of became aware of Brit? pop golden couple, Justine 
Freshman. Freshman and Damon Albarn. What was going so, on? I remember one? I was an avid, like, enemy... Because it's pre-internet, guys, you know. So Obviously. I was an avid Melody Maker enemy reader when I was 15. And I remember seeing Blur do There's No Other Way on Top of the Pops and being like, I love this man. I don't know who he is, but <laughs> I am going to marry him one day. <laughs> you know, there's still time. So I bought their album, Leisure, which I, as a 15-year-old girl, that was quite... Because all my friends were buying New Kid on the Block albums at that time. And I, I mean, my motivation wasn't necessarily musical to buy it, but I did. And then I realised he had a girlfriend. So at first I was a bit like... Oh, there go my chances. Like, you think when you're 15, your crushes are, are big deals, right? And they're... But then I saw Justine and Damon together. And you're like, Justine, obviously, lead singer of Elastica. And I just went, oh, they're just what I aspire to be. They're an indie... And it was before the term Britpop. Britpop didn't really get coined until a bit later in the 90s. So it was like indie, Adidas-wearing indie kids like me. They just were so beautiful and so clean looking you know I was this sort of nervy little nerd in Maidstone who just wanted to be hanging out at the Groucho with them oh they were just so cool as well her cool short haircut and she always wore really red like cut off t-shirts and What's that documentary about Blur? It's about their Star first shaped. tour. Yeah, yeah, Star Shaped. And you see yeah, them yeah. at the festival together backstage. And she's like, what? And you're like, oh my God, there's just She's walking in. And you see her and Damon. He's wearing this suit. And because he always wore the suit on stage, like show respect for the stage. And then like Justine comes in with her cool hair. She's like, hey, Damon. And I'm like, oh God, these two. I just can't get that. I can't get enough. I, mean, I was a big Graham I, fan, I'll be honest. But still. Oh, I loved a bit of Graham as well. I once Graham. walked past the hairdressers in Camden. This would have been oh, late 90s. And I walked past the hairdressers in Camden, he was getting his hair cut in there. <gasps> so I walked past that hairdresser's about 12 times. <laughs> I just wait for him to come out. I saw Blur. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back to Justine and Damon. Just a quick little segue. I saw Blur in Bournemouth because, you know, they always played Bournemouth because Alex James was from there. So they always played mm. Bournemouth. And that's where I lived when I came to England. Anyways, boring. I saw them there like a number of times. But at one time I was right at the front. I was on the left side facing the stage on the left, where Graham always was. And he looked at me in the eyes and I still, this is like 20 years later. And I'm like, that meant something. He saw me, I saw him, we knew. It's like, oh, my future flashed ahead of me, of me and him together. Him Aww. singing that song with the milk box in the video. I just oh, yeah. loved it. Coffee but him on, that's right, coffee and TV. Of course I was mega into the Graham solo career. Anyways, that's a whole other, me and Angela can have that little separate yeah. podcast we'll, we'll later. have another podcast about Graham Coxon. Just about fine. Graham. Oh, his glasses. But, oh my God, Damon and Justine. They were the couples I've totally forgotten about and you've just reminded me they were so cool they were like a music version of Johnny and Kate you know mm-hmm. like, you know they had a similar vibe yeah. Johnny Winona actually because she was Justine was like cool the way Winona was they're like a British version of like Kurt and Courtney but a lot cleaner and nicer and like you want to hang out with them more my vision of what their life was like is clearly so different to what it was actually like <laughs> you know oh, totally. vision of them just you know sitting in a beautifully furnished Soho apartment just like strumming guitars and writing songs together and that's my vision that's of, what I, I had this really romantic idea of what to me romance then was like it was about writing songs and snogging and, and just sort of being artistic together so I had this real desire to sort of create art with I was a wanker like oh, I wanted, Angela, to, I, so wanted a, I love it. a sort of 
relationship and the idea that they would and, and obviously then I remember like hitting my 30s and suddenly going oh I don't want an artist I want somebody who can put a shelf up that's what I want <laughs> oh yeah that makes much more sense <laughs> I love but, that you know, said that like, they just oh. create all day that it's like smoke and in my mind they smoked and drink lots of wine as well drink whiskey or whiskey whiskey was, yeah I was like just and drinking whiskey smoking, smoking and just like creating. listening to Tom Waits and creating beautiful <laughs> yes. indie music that was my dream and that's what I thought they did you know, mm. just hung out at the Groucho with all the other cool kids in the 90s, you know. Yeah, just really sort of, linked with life. I'm going to yeah. say three and words. And in my fantasies there, there was no cocaine. There was no, like, that That didn't exist in my teenage girl no. fantasies. I was a very naive girl from Maidstone, really. Their lives were probably hectic and messy and stressful and awful. But in my head, they had beautiful artist lives. I'm going to say three words that are going to just mm. bring back the 90s for you. Three words. The yeah. mesh bar oh hello is it in london so in the 90s it was mayfair it was based because i yeah. grew up you know in the middle of the irish countryside and i was convinced mm. i was going to move to london live in camden hang out with a good mixer <laughs> snog somebody from the manic street creatures and go to the met bar with one of the appleton sisters mm. that oh, was God. my life i would choose nicole by the way so did you have your own did you did you have your own daemons as you were growing up oh we had like the boys that i grew up with wanted to be damon orban as much as i wanted them to be damon orban my first sort of proper boyfriend his name was shaylen and he was really into blur really and would wear the sort of trainers but his parents were indian and so he was never going to look like damon but he'd have the haircut and he'd you know it was we were all sort of indie kids trying to be like them I mean I was never going to be Justine Frischman I was never cool I was always a geek nerdy I just wanted to be her so much I'll give you a quick whistle stop tour of the relationship of (laughs) Justine Frischman and Damon Alburn she met Damon, when she was dating Brett Anderson, when they were in Sway together, she left Brett Anderson for Damon. When asked about this, she said, and I quote, I just thought it would be better to be Pete Best than Linda McCartney. Which is such a great quote. So she was going. She was clever. She's a smart girl. Then she's going out with Damon. Both of them were a height of their fame. She was in her band. Damon was like a pop star. She was in Elastica. Then enter our first villain of the scene, Liam Gallagher. He says in a Smash Hits interview, I wouldn't kick Justine out of bed. This caused ructions. This caused problems because Liam and Damon, they already have their problem. Now he's dragging Justine into this. Then she heads off to America to tour with Elastica. Elastica are much more popular in America than Blur are. This causes Mm. problems with very ambitious Damon. She comes back, spirals into heroin addiction. Then they Mm. split up. And then, this is what I love, little note. She got over the breakup and her heroin addiction by getting into competitive fencing. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh, just when you think she can't get any cooler. Come on. What was the song he wrote? Because they broke up and there then was, 13 yeah, came we, out. Well, he wrote Beetle Bum was about their heroin experiments. Which was then... my friend uh, Nadia's best song to have sex to. She told me that when we were 17. I was mm. like, oh my God, really? She's like, yeah, Beetle Bum's the best one to have sex to. 
And I was like, okay, like, oh, God, you've had sex. next two years anyway, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, go on. <laughs> and then No Distance Left to Run was... That's it, No Distance Left to Run. That Which was on 13, beautiful. right? And I remember, yeah. And when in... God, this would have been 98, 99, Nine, 99. around that time. 99, I think. And Blur did a tour here where they played all their singles in chronological order, right, from the 90s. And I went with my then boyfriend, but we were just about to split up because he was moving to Dubai. Oh right? my God, Angela, this is getting so weird. I know. And No Distance Left to Run was the last song they played because they played all their songs in order up to that point. And they played oh. that and I was just in... <laughs> I was on this date with this guy that was moving to another country. And oh my God, they Blur played that. It was so... And the whole gig, it was an incredible gig because it took, you know, it started with There's No Other Way and came all the way through. And it was just this roller coaster of like that 10 years of my After life. 10 years, yeah. My teen years, early 20s. It was great. And then when they finished with that, I was just a mess on the floor. <laughs> oh my God. Like Damon speaks to me in a way no one yeah. else will. And I still, when I hear that song now, no distance left to run, I still get a bit like, shut up. It oh. <laughs> still yeah. gets you now. Still gets me. I remember when it came out, everyone was like oh Damon recorded this on the floor of the studio they, at the end you can hear him crying <laughs> so, yeah. it was yeah. a big loss for all of us when him and Justine broke up how did you feel about her being with Brett because I was not the biggest I, I didn't dislike Sway but I didn't really care about Sway either but I never found Brett hot I mean no. if you're going to choose between Brett and Damon it's a no brainer right it's a no brainer mm-hmm. And also, I will say, Elastica was big-ish in America, but only as someone who was actually there, I can speak to this. They had, it was one song. They were not like, they had one song. They had yeah. one hit what song. What America? Was Britpop big in America? Did that no, talk we come didn't, through? we didn't give. I've, I still remember vividly when I got the Oasis album, sort of fast-forwarding a few years, to which I, was What's the Story? And that came out in, what, 96? What's somewhere? the Story was 96. And yeah. I remember getting that, what's the story, which bear in mind where Oasis was in England when that came out, right? Mm. And in America, I got it, and I, my friends are listening to it. And I remember reading the liner notes and going, oh my God, the lead singer, and the, they're brothers. I didn't know that, they're brothers. Let them both Gallagher, that must be brothers. Like, that's how little was known about them in America. Mm. <laughs> like, I just, I was, I always thought they looked the same guys. Like, that's how, that's how small they were. And I was like, oh, that's incredible. It was so, we were all grunge vibes. It got bigger, but even then, like, Blitter only ever had song too did really build sports games and stuff. There was a niche in America that liked it. Don't get me wrong, there's loads of kids in America that are like, we're massive Britpop fans, but essentially they were all, they were one-hit wonders at best, if they got that. Like Supergrass had one song, Elastica, like we said, had one song, mm. and then Blur took to getting song too. Oasis probably did the best out of them, and even then, that was later on. But when I moved here, trust me, I did all my back history. Don't worry about it. So. <laughs> and I had friends that were hugely into Blur, which is why I know like so much about Blur. Mm. I, I was just kind of forced to get into it to but make it was friends. Because I've been a Blur fan from like the early 90s, and then Oasis came along. And then suddenly, like I quite liked Oasis, and then suddenly, like 95, everyone had to pick a team. I was like, yeah. I quite like both of them. Oh, good for but, you. Because I think but, people only grew into that later on. They go, actually, the truth is, I thought they were both kind of great. <laughs> but yeah, at the time, you had to, like, like, pick they're different, one. and I like, but yeah, you know, but if I had to choose a Gallagher brother over Damon, then it's going to be Damon. Okay, how about this, Angela? Shag, marry, kill, Gresh yeah. Anderson, Damon Alburn, Liam Gallagher. This easy. is the choice Justine oh, oh, had to make. This right. is easy. I've got mine. You shag go, Liam. Shag Liam. He's probably fine for a shag. Marry Damon. Kill Brett. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Brett, I can live without... Damon, I want us to be together forever and there's still time. And Liam, 
I mean, it'd be good to say you have, right? That'd be quite a story. See, I think the way they've aged now, in hindsight, looking at them both now, I'd marry Liam and Shag Damon. Oh, really? Either way, we're killing Brett. Either, well, yeah, either way, Brett's, that's, that's Brett's just a given. Us. Either, either way. But I think now, I find, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of either of them, Liam or Damon right now. Like, Damon just seems really up himself, and Liam's just Liam. <laughs> You've got that to deal with. But at least I'd find, I'd find Liam a lot more entertaining. I can't imagine Damon's yeah. laughed at anything earnestly but I think that, in about 10 years. I think years. Liam would get tiresome really quickly. Like, I just don't think I yeah. could cope with living with that ego. Not that Damon hasn't got an ego, but I think... <sighs> Yeah, I think he's. I think I'd find Damon too insufferable. I think I'd. Maybe, but in the maybe, 90s, I, yeah, don't I do wonder whether he's got a sense of humour. Like, I can't imagine. Oh, I just remember that I supported Alan Carr on a tour and we did a show in. Ooh, little um, name oh, drop. God, there, what was it? The little name drop. Clang. <laughs> we did a show somewhere in the Cotswolds and Alex James came to the show and I didn't know he was there till afterwards. He tweeted me to go, great show, really enjoyed. And I was like, oh my oh. God, Alex James came to the show. So yeah, that was quite exciting. Dreams come true. Oh yeah, but no Damon though, so. I just think Justine is an interesting character because during the 90s, it was all quite like Spice Girls and TV presenters. She had short hair and she was quite tomboyish. She was studying architecture. She was like a bassist. And I think because Damon was so pretty and he was a real pop star, she was an interesting choice. I think that's what made them quite an interesting couple, that she wasn't... I remember there being, at the time, a really... It's so sexist now, when you think... But there was a really big thing, like, oh, he must write all her songs. Like, he must... She can't possibly do all... You know, it must be Damon doing it all. You know, there's just this sort of assumption that he must be behind her brilliance. Was it much like Kurt and Courtney? Everyone always said, oh, Kurt must have written all of Courtney's songs. Yeah, Yeah. God forbid a girl actually be able to write a song. Yeah. Yeah, And do you think, because they were both in music, have you ever, like, have you ever considered, like, going out with another comedian? Or do you think... (laughs) No. No. There's your answer. (laughs) One comedian in a relationship is one comedian too many. That's the way I look at it. And I know it works for some people. I know some people have, you know, there are comedian couples that I know that... But also, I live in fear of the breakup Edinburgh show that they do. Oh, so, God. That's it's just not worth point. it. It's just, no, 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 no. Have a civilian, definitely. I'm marrying a civilian this year. It's the best way forward, definitely. If you had a choice between a breakup song written about you or a breakup Edinburgh show written about you, which would be more embarrassing? Oh, Edinburgh show. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Like a song you can disguise. Oh, it might be about me, but it might not. And, and even if somebody's written a breakup song about how much you broke their heart or how awful you were, whatever, it's still kind of romantic, right? That somebody would write a song about you. That's pretty romantic. Whereas an Edinburgh show where they're just sort of... In an Edinburgh show, you go into too much detail and all your... Yeah, there's only so much they can fit into a three-minute song, you know? An hour-long exactly. show, they can really go into detail about like your grooming habits and stuff. It can get a bit yeah. much. With the purpose of humiliating you, with the purpose yeah. of making them laugh. No, no. No, no. So we're late 90s. We're all hanging out in Camden. We're all vibing. Men's wear are calling around in a bit. We get, <laughs> I was going to say a text message. What are to bring up? Men's wear. <laughs> they they played at my um, university freshers ball. Menswear. Did they? Yeah, oh. menswear and Mike Flowers pops. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, I remember oh, Mike Flowers. <laughs> Don't forget. Then somebody gives you a ring. Somebody sends you a fax mm. to let you know Damon and Justine are on the way around. <gasps> Who are you looking forward to see? Who's, who's going to be the coolest? Who's going to be hard work? Oh, mate. The feminist in me wants to be excited about Justine, but come on. I'm in my teens, in the 90s, in Camden. I'm excited about Damon. <laughs> 
I'm excited about Damon and the absolute impossibility, but with the tiny bit of hope that I might be able to take him away from Justine. So do you think the only reason you weren't with him was because Justine was sitting away? It's like when they split up, there's a little part of you that goes, it's like, oh, I've got a chance. Oh, I've got a chance. <laughs> and then you remember who you are and go, oh, no, I haven't. No. <laughs> yeah, Justine no. wasn't like cock blocking you. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't exactly. the issue. If it wasn't for her, I'd definitely be next in line. This girl from Maidstone, he's never laid eyes on. So sadly, they didn't last. They had a brief flaring and then the pump of the 90s, they split it up. She fell into heroin, started fencing, then she went <laughs> off to America, studied to be an architect, and is now, I don't know if you know this, married to an environmental scientist. Oh, wow. she's got a yeah. great life now. Because oh what she's got now is the money and the comfortable life and everything without all the bullshit of fame that goes with without it. Without all she the trappings. Live her, without all the trappings. But though, she's got those memories of that time that would have been brilliant. Do you know what but I mean? She's like, the one you want like, at a dinner party. She's the guest you want. She hasn't had to do that thing that a lot of musicians have to do where they have to desperately try and stay relevant and it just gets tragic and all the good stuff they did sort of gets buried underneath the embarrassing stuff they did later. Yeah, gorillas. um, You know, well, I mean, I'm sure Damon, you know, I've stopped listening because it's just lots of worthy world music stuff that mm-hmm. I just sort of can't quite get into like you're um, not Paul Simon give it a rest yeah Come on. Exactly, exactly you haven't got the likability of Paul Simon like no. Damon Albarn it's, like I fancy Damon Albarn I'm not sure I like him that much do you still fancy him now Angela I still would yeah definitely really 100% oh my god your yeah, love yeah, is yeah. strong that is Deep loyalty yeah. that is yeah. loyalty there's that something really about is. him I don't know what it is but yeah but I think part of it is nostalgia do you know what I mean there's something I still would just because yeah Damon Albarn yeah, if you did you just close your eyes and imagine just... it was the young Damon <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> just imagine the girls and boys video that's oh. yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> so with the knowledge that you have now of how mm. their lives have fanned out fanned out <laughs> Chantel what would you like to ask Angela who do you think after the breakup has thrived and who has mm. just survived I don't know I think they've both thrived actually in their own way but I think that Justine's ended up with a bit more kudos like with just a bit cooler for not giving a shit about all that stuff do you know what I mean like going to be an architect and going to just do something cool that she wants to do that'll make her happy whereas Damon I think you know he's still sort of in that world sort of still releasing albums and stuff and there's just something where you're like ah maybe if you just left it in the 90s maybe if you'd left it at maybe even at 13 like that was yeah, at that menswear, really good time to start. broke up like at menswear. menswear. Yeah, let menswear take the helm. It speaks to what Grania was saying though about how Justine, in hindsight, seems more like the authentic art student intellectual vibe that Damon kind of wanted to be. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so she's kind of actually followed through with that. With like, I don't really give a shit about trying to be famous mm. or be the king of music. I'm just going to go do some more cool stuff. In America, yeah. I don't really care, which is kind of that kind of not give a shit attitude is what Damon always it's tried so cool, to have, maybe. Angela, what if Damon is still doing his fake Cockney accent? What if he's like, oh, what, Angela? Oh, it's so nice to finally meet you. <laughs> They're Essex, aren't they? It's Colchester. So mm-hmm. he's got quite a similar accent. To, like, because people think 
I've got a London accent. I have my accent's very estuary. It's very Angela. Are you trying tense. to say that you two have a lot in common? I think that's <laughs> it. We're just from the other side of the river. He's from the north of the River Thames. I'm from the south of the River Thames. You know, together we could make it work. I think it was meant to be. Yeah, call me Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the only reason that this is your fate, this is the couple you chose, is because you were so happy when they broke up. You were so thrilled. <laughs> this whole thing is meant to be I, about I you miss them as a couple. You don't miss them. You loved it. You're so thrilled they broke up. I genuinely was. Sad. I do remember being sad when they split up. They were just such a cool entity. Mm. But I'd be lying if I said there wasn't that little part of me. It's like, oh, he's single, you say. (laughs) But as an entity, they were so cool. And also, Mm. it's because I had this romantic idea of what their life was like. Mm. I wanted that life to work. So the fact it didn't, you're like, oh, no, if you can't make it, how am I going to make it? I'm not as cool as you. And if you can't keep a relationship going, I'm screwed. And do you think (laughs) that their breakup was like the end of Britpop? It kind of heralded the end of the whole era. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. At the start of the end, yeah. Yeah, well, it kind of was. Angela, when you did finally move to London, was there any sort of memory in the streets of that golden period? Did you try and kind of capture any of that? Was it like you imagined? No, of course not. I mean, I moved to London late 90s, I think it would have been. Yeah, late 90s. And and it was sort of, you go, well, A, I've got no money because I'm a live in London and I'm young so I'm poor so I can't afford to go to any of these places even if I wanted to and the only people I really knew were people I worked with or you know other friends from Maidstone that had also moved to London like we weren't hanging out in cool circles no one was giving us a Groucho membership the only time uh, I feel sort of a bit cool is when because we used to always go to the Borderline which was an indie club in Charing Cross yeah cool 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 we used to go there And then after that, we go to Bar Italia, which is the Italian cafe that was open all night. So you'd go there, dance, and then go and have a coffee and then walk home, right? Because they didn't have all-night tubes in those days. Or you'd get a night bus or walk home if you'd drunk enough coffee to sober up. And then when Pulp released Different Class and it had Bar Italia on it, and you're like, oh, that's where I... That's where I hang out. I've hung out there. So that was pretty cool. You got um, into a Britpop song. I got into a Britpop song. But having said that, we weren't cool. Well, I say we were. I had like, friends that were in bands and things. So I used to go and watch a lot of live music. And, but they, yeah, wasn't super cool. You were cool compared and I was to very much on the fringes. You were still like the Maystone kids that got out. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember a bit for my brother. So my brother's 12 years younger than me. And so when I was living in London, I remember, oh, God, he must have been about 14. And he grew up in this tiny little town in Northern Ireland. They moved to Northern Ireland when I was at university, right? So he was tiny. One half term, he came to stay with me. So I would have been like 26, 26. So this would be early 2000s. He came to stay with me and my then flatmate, Kirsty in London. It wasn't until he came to stay, this sort of 14-year-old kid from a growing up in this tiny little place in Northern Ireland was suddenly in the middle of London with his big sister. And I was like... Oh, I'm quite cool, actually, aren't I? <laughs> it was like, I remember going to meet him at Stansted Airport. We got the train back to Liverpool Street and it was like rush hour and there were loads of people. And this poor little boy, <laughs> he was just like, oh my God, there's so many people and they're all everywhere. And I was like, oh yeah, your sister. Oh, and then cool. we were like, actually, am I his cool big sister or am I a bit too old to be his cool big sister? And I'm more just like his aunt when <laughs> he comes to visit. I remember at one point my flatmate Kirsty said to him, again, this would have been early 2000s, and so my brother was about 14, 15. And she said to him, oh, so who are the girls you fancy then? Do you like a bit of Kylie Minogue? And he went, oh, she's really old. We were like, oh, my God. Kylie is ageless. Realize... She's like Mariah Carey. She has anniversaries. That's it. 
that's right. That's right. You just watch so. her eyebrows slowly get closer and closer to her hairline. That's the only way you can tell how old she is. Angela, what we like to do is because we believe in love, we like mm. to do a little matchmaking to end each episode. So Chantal and I are both agreed that Hillary Clinton can do better. So yeah. if you're going to matchmake Hillary Clinton with somebody who would sort of treat her right after all she's been through a bill, if you could oh. have her in a celebrity romance, who would you set Hillary Clinton up with? Oh, well, the people I keep thinking of, I then go, well, they're already with someone really cool, so that wouldn't be... Hillary what about no someone who's record? recently single and incredibly wealthy? Oh, Bill Gates, of yes! course! <laughs> That's a no-brainer. Yes, of course it's Bill Gates. She's even got to change the name. It's Bill to Bill. All <laughs> the monogram towels could stay the same. Yes, Bill Gates, of course. It was staring us right in the face. Billery. That could be their portmanteau. Billery's uh, back. And he will treat her right. They can go hiking together. Even oh. if he can't treat her right, he can pay someone who can. <laughs> Whatever happens, he could treat her better than Bill Clinton. I'm sure of that. Definitely. Clippy the paperclip could treat her better than <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> Clippy. Do you feel loved up on your memories of old love now? I do. I really do. It does take you gonna... back. It's nice to sort of, oh, they were happy days. Are you going to go to bed now singing all the songs from like Leisure? Oh. If there was no I, I'm going to go cry that. myself to sleep listening to No Distance Left to Run. Oh. Oh, oh God! You're and tender married. as well with the blocks. Tender, and tender yeah. with the blocks. Oh, you're getting married. That's so amazing. To Damon Albarn. Yeah, so, not Damon. Know. Now we've ruined oh. her. We've ruined her engagement. Wedding schmedding. Like, <laughs> on that lovely romantic note, <laughs> wedding schmedding. <laughs> thank you so much, Angela, for being our guest. Yes, thank, thank you, you for Angela. having me. It was a pleasure. Welcome it to our like... cropple. Yay! <laughs> and thank you, Grania, for being here every oh. week with me. We're one couple that'll never split. <laughs> the Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush, so email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks so much to Audio Boom for hosting and thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The, the way, way they were. were.